a strange and demented Robin Hood, if you will, where he doesn't give money to anyone. He just screws the rich over. What a dick. All right, guys, welcome back to the Codex Cantina, where we like to go a step deeper into the books that we read. Uh, today, it's going to be just me. I'm doing a solo story while Crypto catches up on our readings. Um, I'm going to go into Barn Burning by William Faulkner, um, which I've got from his selected short stories here, but it's collected in a lot of different of, of his collections. The story makes it. It's, it's a very, very popular. That and Rose for Emily, uh, which maybe I'll do later on, but... Um, this story is incredible, okay? If you guys haven't read this yet, you need to. And if, if you've read The Hamlet, um, he originally wrote Barn Burning to be the opening chapter, but he kind of had to shorten it a lot just because the main character in the story is Sardi, and he doesn't play as big as a role in the, the Hamlet book and the Snopes trilogy that he wrote later on. Um, we'll, we'll go in, we're not going to do any spoilers right now. We'll go through some quotes. We'll go through some initial feedback, and then we'll go into kind of a plot summary and analysis, which is going to do more of a uh, spoiler section for you. Normally when I read Faulkner, like you'll have to sit there and read it. Oh, uh, I got to go back again. And, and it can be difficult, particularly for me. I, I don't know how it is for you guys. Maybe you guys are, are Faulknophiles and, and you're, it's no problem for you. Um, but I did something different where I read online. Someone talked about when they read Faulkner, what they do is they read it out loud. Like they literally take the time to just speak the, the words. Um, so I did that with a friend where I literally, I read him the story. I read it out loud and uh, it was definitely an interesting experience. I'm not sure I will continue to do that, but it did help me chunk out some of the very difficult lines. Um, I'm, I'm going to read to you the second passage in this, which is insane. Um, it, he just, he comes out swinging. He hits you in the face. I am William Faulkner, and you are reading a Faulkner short story. Um, I love it. I love it. So um, what is this story? I thought the story was incredible. I thought it was one of Faulkner's finest works. It is... It's the strangest coming-of-age tale you will ever read. You have a relatively simple plot, but the characters are what really drive this. Um, I read this after I read The Hamlet. So I knew what was going to happen with, with the Snopes. I knew... You know, they, they didn't never name the brother or the sisters in this. I knew it was Phlegm. I really enjoyed reading this in its entirety as opposed to kind of the shortened version that you get in the Hamlet. But I think I think it's the characters that really drive this. You have Abner, who is a horrible human being with what he decides to do, but he is just furious and enraged by those with wealth. And he blames them for America's problem and America's poor. And then you have Sardi. He's very different from the other Snopes. And maybe that's why he had to change it for the Hamlet. Because you really sympathize with him. And if you read, if you read the Snopes trilogy, um, you don't love the Snopes. They're, they're ambitious people. So it's traumatic. It's haunting. It's an excellent read that you should read if you haven't. And I actually got mine for like two bucks. It's in horrible shape. Like, I don't know if you could see the spine. Probably not, but it's 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 really bad shape to the point where I would never have bought this had I not bought it online and just got it, but feels dirty and gritty, much like the story. You may have to go back and reread some things, and that's okay. For some reason, that might frustrate some people. People, people never like redoing stuff. I remember getting a taco in line once, and she went to go put sour cream on it, and I was like, oh, oh no, and it was too late. She'd already put sour cream on it, and I was like, oh, I, I didn't want sour cream on that. And she's like, just gives me this look of, ugh. And she goes to like throw throw the taco out. I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll just take it. But I turn around and look, and there was like 20 people in line 
behind me. That it didn't matter if one more person came in line. She wouldn't be like, oh my God, another person got in line. I have to make another taco. It was the fact that she had to redo work. And I think that plays into how people read Faulkner. They get frustrated. It's going to come with the territory, and I think it's rewarding. I think it's part of his writing. Is it necessary? Eh, I'm not going to defend that it's necessary, but it is very interesting the way he writes these, and I think you are missing out if you don't spend the energy to try to read Faulkner, even if it's just a short story that's like 20 pages. But you know, warning, it is a novel written in the early 1900s that... um, there's going to be the, the, the N-word. There's going to be some words that are that are difficult for some readers. Some people can't get past that, and it's in this book. It's in this short story in the book in general. Um, so if you can't get past that, that's not going to be for you. But um, if you are someone who is like me, who thinks that intellectual freedom is important, and I think it's important for people to express their ideas, even if they are dirty, even if they aren't said the way that I would say them, I want to still experience a natural and realistic view of things that could be harsh, that could open my eyes to realize there are reasons why I don't think think that we do things the way that we should or ought to today. So if you can't get past that, I get that and that's cool. But if you can and you're open to the idea of experiencing some horrible and nasty things, oh, you're going to get it in the story. All right, so quotes. This one was really important to me. It is about that desire you have. You can take an Amazon wish list as an example. Sometimes you add something to a wish list and you just go back and check it. Every so often you check the price and eventually you're, you get to that moment where you break down. You run out of willpower. There's something innate in you that just kept drawing you to it, you know, from a visceral standpoint, which is so weak compared to what we're talking about in the story, but it's the best I can think of on the spot. The element of fire spoke to some deep mainspring of his father's being. As the element of steel or of powder spoke to other men as the one weapon for the preservation of integrity, else breath were not worth breathing and hence to be regarded with respect and used with discretion. So again, talking about that need that his dad's got to burn. You know, the Abner's, Abner's got a desire to burn. I mean, the story's called Barn Burning. What do you think was going to happen? The other quote that really uh, talked to me is, and I think when we talk, when we're going to get into the analysis section, um, after we do the summary, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about Abner's character. But uh, this is when he was looking at Major Despain's house for the first time. So this is kind of the narration by the narrator, but you're kind of going through Sardi's thoughts. The peace and joy ebbing for an instant as he looked again at the stiff black back, the stiff and implacable limp of the figure which was not dwarfed by the house for the reason that it had never looked big anywhere in which now, against the serene column backdrop, had more than ever that impervious quality of something cut ruthlessly from tin, deepless, as though sidewise to the sun, it would cast no shadow. Oh, Faulkner, thank you for being a writer. I think a lot of people, when they think of their dad, a lot of people can view their dad as this mountain, as this great big thing when they were growing up of inspiration. Some grew up with fear and despair and they did not like their dad or their dad maybe treated them poorly either way you know you're looking at your dad as this huge insurmountable thing that can't be dwarfed even by this huge house you know a house that he's never seen uh, as big as this in his past 12 moves Um, I think this speaks a lot to the 
theme of blood. So the previous quote was on burning, this is on blood, and when we get to analysis, we'll go more into why I think those are super important. But first, plot. Like I said, it, it's it's relatively simple. Um, we meet Sardi, a young boy who's at his father Abner's trial about burning another man's barn. His father is acquitted, but warned to leave town that night, basically, and he kind of insults them on their way out. Abner warns Sardi to stick to his family. Later that night, Abner kind of warns Sardi to always stick to his blood, because blood's going to stick to him, meaning family, basically. When they arrive at Major Despain's farm um, that his father kind of has arranged for them to work at, Abner drags his injured foot through manure onto the rug. and then later they're kind of asked to to clean the rug because he rubbed manure all over it. So Abner uses lye and just rubs it raw to it's it's in a worse shape than when it was given to him. Major Despain wants to charge him 20 bushels of extra pay. They go to court and they find Abner guilty, but only find him guilty for 10, well, they ch- the charges are 10 bushels instead of 20 bushels. Um, and at the end, Abner goes to burn Despain's barn but Sardi escapes, warns Major Despain. Gunshots are fired as Sardi leaves his family and his blood behind. And that's the story, which on a surface level may not seem very exciting, but let's talk about what some of the bigger things are that are going on in this in this text. So first, let's talk about Faulkner's writing. I think that's one of the most important things. That if, if you're not into Faulkner right now, if you're a Faulknophobe, I get it. But if you are unaware of who Faulkner is or you are a Faulknophile, you'll know what I'm talking about. I want to talk about how this book just comes comes out swinging with the second line. It is basically an entire page long description, stream of conscious writing where it's just whatever comes to my brain, I'm going to write about where he talks about the smell of what he experiences and the pull of blood, the smell of blood. And when you first read this, you're like, why are we listing off this thing? Why are you explaining cheese? But as you get into it and you realize what that that bloodline was, that he's talking about family and being related to someone and how sometimes you feel obligated to, in this case, Sardi, to lie to a a justice of peace to defend his father's honor's innocence via lying because because he's related to him that's a very serious condition and and really difficult to put a 10 year old boy in right but you don't know that right away when he first mentions the pull of blood and it's 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 brought out through future paragraphs when he's talking about the pull of blood you got to stick to your blood that you start to realize what he's getting at and i think that's why when you go back and read it it can be a lot more rewarding of just like hey i didn't get that at first Oh, the opening page told me exactly what the pull of blood was going to be about, what this book's going to be about. I just didn't understand it at the time. Is that good writing? I'll leave it up to you, but I think it's very rewarding when you when you dig into it and can really understand it. Blood and fire. Let's talk about it. Fire. So when you light something on fire, what does that do? It changes the essence of it. There's no undo button. You can't control Z when you burn a house down, when you burn a twig. Fire permanently changes what the object is once it's burnt. And we see that element brought into this story. Every time Abner burns something, the family has to move. They've had to move 12 times now because he's burned down a farm through his form of justice of fighting the rich for the poor. He's <laughs> a strange and you know, a strange and demented Robin Hood, if you will, where he doesn't give money to anyone, he just screws the rich over. What a dick, you know? But every time he's insulted, 
that's how he he gets his revenge is through burning and he'll insult the town and then he'll leave so you kind of saw this in the text where when he when abner's leaving the court it, it oh, faulkner he just says so speaking of he's walking out to his cart it just says it stood in a grove of locust and mulberries across the road that's it in that one little sentence how much did he convey to you right locusts what do they do they consume something, they change the landscape, and then they move on. Mulberry's a very famous symbol of death. You know, like, uh, I think it was uh, it was Romeo and Juliet, where the, the star-crossed lovers killed themselves under the mulberry tree. So I think some authors have started to use that to represent death in writing. They move on, and then when that night, when they stop for him to have that speech about blood, there are some very brief sentences, again, about the beautiful, cool landscape with a niggard, uh, fire, a controlled fire that he's built. So you, you kind of see how fire has represented the burning of the old and passing on to the new with him. So basically, every time he runs going to run into a landlord that has more money, um, he views himself as the prophet that is going to basically teach them their place, that they are not better, and that they're only getting their riches through stealing through the poor in in Abner's sense of, of vision. But it's these ideas that make him more machine-like. They, they, you'll notice that throughout the text, there's been a couple tin-like descriptions. They're describing him as more machine than he is man. And even when he strikes Sardi, he strikes him without heat. He Hard, but without heat. And that's just because of the type of man that he is. All right, so let's talk about blood now. With the opening lines, you have, you know, that, that first reference of blood. You didn't get it at first, but when you go back, at least I didn't get it at first, but when you go back, it makes a lot more sense. Let's think about who the main character is. Sardi. And, and even in the opening parts, you learn Sardi is named after Colonel Sartoris. You know that he was kind of like this central figure. He was a legendary figure to this town. Um, and even the judge says, well, if you are from named after Colonel Sartoris, you clearly won't be able to lie, will you? And I think, you know, Faulkner, you know, particularly in this, in Absalom, Absalom, he pays homage to the past in a sense that is just absolutely beautiful and poetic. After the court session, they head outside and the family sitting in the, the, the wagon and they have a bunch of broken down bed chairs, but they have a mother of pearl clock that's part of her dowry that doesn't even work. Why keep a clock that doesn't work? It's part of your past. It's part of your blood that you're bringing along with you on this journey. Then they get to the hill where he gives him the speech about that you got to stick to blood or you're going to have nothing that sticks to you. You know, to Abner, the laws of family almost override or he, he puts them aside as different from the laws of society. I mean, he was a deserter in the army. He joined the Confederate army, but was stealing horses for money. He was shot and that's how he got his injured leg. But we see that he was this mercenary that had no loyalty to anyone, but his family is evidently. And we see that all the way to the end when he needs some, when he needs someone to hold Sardi, he makes a specific point. He doesn't want the sister-in-law to hold him because it's a sister-in-law to him that's not blood he makes his wife hold the son 
the wife that is a direct bloodline. And I think, you know, you, you start to realize how important family heritage is. When you're reading this, you might not realize in a first, you know, just when you're looking at it at a surface level, all these familial and blood related references. But when you look a little bit deeper, you start to realize putting a boy in to testify against his father, keeping these clocks, having the, the mother as opposed to the mother-in-law. These are all comments on the pull of blood. And we start to realize that this is, you know, Sardi growing up here. There's been several references where he says, well, maybe maybe dad won't do it this time. You know, maybe, maybe he got it out of his system. Like, I think that was like one of the direct quotes there. And that's his innocence, right? He's a boy that has this vision of the world and it gets perverted when his father doesn't stop burning. And he's got to leave that childhood state and become a man. Like his father even challenged him. He said, you're getting to be a man. You know, you need to learn. And he's got to make his own decisions. That's part of a coming of age story is learning to be your own man, make your own decisions. And he, instead of opposed to choosing the family laws, he looked at the societal laws and chose those to go warn Major Despain that the barn was happening. He didn't stop him in time. We know that because when he was riding away, they mentioned the glare when you hear the two shots, which we which if you just read the story, um, you might be worried that the Snopes got shot. And I think it is ambiguous, but obviously they went to live on in the uh, Snopes trilogy. So what happens to Sardi? So he gave up his bloodline to become his, his coming of his really weird coming of age story. Just like the fire, he doesn't go back to his family after that. Right? He, he left. He moved on. We don't hear about him anymore because he runs away to be his own man. But we know he's okay because Faulkner does that really weird, you'll just be like in the middle of a sentence. It'll be like super fast forward, future tense. 20 years from now, I realized that if I had stood up to my dad and on that hill and told him I was going to tell the justice of peace, he would have smacked me. So you know he's okay and survives another, I think it was 20 years. But again, just beautiful writing from Faulkner to pull that off to have this beautiful coming-of-age story that is just brutal. And I think it'll really resonate, particularly with, with people or kids that, that maybe had parents that didn't listen to them or they didn't agree with their values. I think there's a story for everyone, and I think this is a really powerful one that spoke to me that I just really appreciated. So in terms of rating, I would give it a 9 out of 10. I think this is one of the best short stories I've ever read. I think there's only so much you can cram into a short story. It's 20 some odd pages, but I'm going to hold it accountable. And I realized how each paragraph, each sentence told me more about the main characters, pushed the narrative forward, that I think this is just a fantastic read. And if you haven't read Faulkner, or if you haven't picked up his short stories and have only done The Sound and the Fury, you're missing out. You got to keep going deeper. And I think that you will really be rewarded by spending some effort and time into reading some of these short stories. I think what we'll do, we'll, we'll probably do some more Faulkner short stories, particularly as we wait for crypto to catch up on some of our books. If you like Faulkner, we're doing the Reavers um, at the same time. We're starting that next week and we're going to do a let's read. So we'll do like a couple chapters at a time, break down what our thoughts were of that chapters, talk about where we think where it's going and any literary criticism that we have for it. Um, and move on from there. So with that, guys, I hope you got as much out of barn burning as I did. Keep on reading. Keep enjoying the time. If crypto would smack me if I didn't say, you know, if, if this taught you something or if you didn't enjoy your time talking about this, you know, please consider hitting that subscribe button. It helps us out. And maybe if you want to talk more about Faulkner, please join us in the comment section to talk about what you got out of the book. All right, guys, take it easy.